Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, October 12, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, having a Cosmos on ramping chat with Cado Money. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Let's take a listen. How's it going, Vince? Happy, happy hump day. <laughs> happy hump day, Tendermint Timmy. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to chat. A real pleasure, honestly. Um, Usually, we'll, I'll just give a couple minutes for people to trickle in, especially in the middle of the day like this. So, um, happy to just shoot the shit in the meantime. How's your day going? Going good, man. Going good. Yeah, no, we, uh, we're excited to jump on here with you. Love what you're doing in the Cosmos space. We've uh, got the team here in the office over in Brooklyn and here next to uh, Emery, who's going to be popping on here any second. So life is good. How about you? Awesome. Doing good. Woke up. Very early this morning, turned it into a, already a very productive day, and we're not even at noon, so can't complain. <laughs> that. Getting after it on a hump day. I love it. Yeah. Got to make the most of it, you know, with the weekend on the horizon. You got it. You got it. <laughs> a week in crypto is like a month, so. Yeah, for real. Um, is one of you guys going to be hopping in on the Cato account, I assume? Uh, let me see. One second. Terror Spaces. Good to see you out there. I don't know what the community would do without you. I think a lot of people are actually like, you know, at work or kind of busy in the middle of the day right here. Time zones are messed up. So um, always nice having you in here because I know a lot of people are interested and we'll listen later. Sweet. We got the Kato account. Kato. See, I got to get used to saying Kato. I've said Kato for so long, but then since you guys have started adding the avocado emoji, I keep trying to remind myself. I'm like, no, Kato. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's working. That, uh... No, it's yeah, actually the best way to do it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm always thinking about different ways to get avocados involved, you know, in the branding and such. But um, yeah, glad <laughs> glad that it resonates. Where where did the name come from, actually? Yeah, great question. So actually, the first origin story of the name is that uh, the first Luna that I ever purchased, I was using a VPN to Japan, and the actual Japanese translation for Mercado is Gateway. So we uh, you know, basically wanted to build the gateway between Web 2 and Web 3. And that's Scotto. All right. I knew there must be an elegant story behind it. I was, I was wondering, hmm, maybe they just like avocados. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I can't complain with those. Cool, cool. So um, who do we have on the Cotto account right now? We have Vince on his account. And then... Yeah, you've got Emery, Cotto Mori uh, here speaking on the main account. Sweet, Mari and Vince. Awesome. So do you guys, let's maybe just start with um, a little bit of an introduction to you guys. Feel free to give maybe a little personal backstory, like how you got into crypto. Um, keep it as brief as you like. And then also what your roles at Kado are. Absolutely. I'll start off and I'll let Vince jump in after. So um, my origin story goes all the way back to when I was actually 12 or 13. 
I first uh, was playing a video game that many folks in crypto actually, you know, resonate with uh, World of Warcraft. And I actually was, you know, botting in the game and I was collecting uh, this currency in, in the game, gold, silver and copper. And ultimately, uh, you know, as, as a young 12, 13 year old, I was trying to make a few bucks and selling that uh, in-game currency, digital assets for real world currency. I actually had the opportunity to get paid in Bitcoin, uh, but I was, you know, 12 or 13 at the time. I didn't, you know, really see the value uh, like I do today. So actually, I, I took PayPal instead, <laughs> unfortunately. So I, um, you know, again, first foray selling video game digital assets for, you know, real world assets. Fast forward a couple of years, I've been in the tech and uh, product, you know, space for a while. Um, computer science and, and economics background from college, and then uh, ultimately worked at a couple of dev agencies and software agencies, worked with brands like AT&T, Tempur-Pedic, Shake Shack, and uh, a lot of other e-commerce brands, and really just uh, dived into the world of payments, you know, in that experience. Obviously, um, you know, crypto started to get some more traction and, and such over the years, and um, I, I always had a bit of a tap, you know, on the space since, since my early days, but uh, really dived in myself around 2016, 2017, when uh, smart contracts and Ethereum, you know, started to pop up and these altcoins that, uh, you know, many people have seen come and go, but, um, you know, ultimately still been a big believer in the tech from, you know, an early day. So, yeah, you know, that being said, uh, really jumped in the space building wise in 2021. We actually started Cado back in a hackathon last May, 2021. Uh, I guess the May before, so a year and almost a half now. And basically, you know, said what are, are some pain points we have ourselves in the in the world of crypto? You know, if you invest in digital assets and hold currency in your digital wallets, why is your wallet your digital wallet so different from your your physical one, where you can actually spend it in the real world? So, you know, again, we, we faced a couple of pain points and, and the Terra ecosystem was still a very new thing at the time. I think we were one of the first five or, or 10 projects uh, building, you know, in the Terra ecosystem at the, at the time and, you know, wanted to really make a, a real world impact with, uh, with UST and with, um, you know, again, being, being able to use digital assets in, in the real world. So, yeah, a little bit of background on me and I'll let Vince uh, jump in himself. Yeah, so I'm uh, Vince Dowdle, the co-founder and COO uh, here at Kato, uh, coming into the space with a like payments and loyalty uh, background in the Web2 world. I was leading uh, business development for a loyalty software startup um, out of school and uh, essentially powering uh, the biggest uh, consumer brands in the world and their kind of customer incentive programs. So Starbucks Rewards, Nike ID, uh, McDonald's, and uh, ways these different brands are, you know, taking in all this data across all these different channels and incentivizing incremental behaviors for their customer base uh, and using the data to do so. Uh, and then uh, essentially, um, you know, we got acquired by MasterCard in 2019. So uh, ended up leading uh, business development for a couple of products in the uh, payments of fintech world at MasterCard. And um, at that time, Emery uh, here pulled me down the crypto rabbit hole a couple of years back. And, um, you know, kept going deeper, deeper. It all made sense, kind of coming from my previous experiences and, and seeing the way the world's headed. And, uh, you know, I never came out. So still going deeper, deeper down the rabbit hole every day and um, jumped off of uh, the MasterCard ship and, and joined crypto full time to do this in summer of 2021. So we've been, uh, you know, heads down grinding and been off to the races ever since. So, uh, yeah, excited to dive in here. 
I feel like crypto is the deepest rabbit hole that any of us will experience in our lifetime. Like it's what's one that just keeps going. <laughs> Never but, ends. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. Cool. So uh, I guess obviously um, things have changed a bit since you first launched on Terra. Um, you guys were down for a while during the crash and now you're kind of back up in full force supporting quite a few chains, even some like outside of the cosmos, like uh, Ethereum and Avalanche. Um, do you guys want to maybe speak on uh, how that kind of transition was and how maybe I know there's probably some like silver linings even like, um, yeah. How are you guys feeling about sort of the relaunch of Kato? Kato. <laughs> Good catch there. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, exciting times, right? Like being in the front lines of crypto and the ups and downs of it all is, you know, never a dull moment. You got to be laid on your feet. You got to be nimble. Um, I think like, you know, joining and then, being one of the first kind of movers in the Terra ecosystem was a great, you know, experience for us to essentially like get that product market fit of really being this like V2 on ramp and essentially being this community on ramp that is, uh, you know, a, an extension of the community itself that you're building in and, and really kind of like as Web3 savvy as it gets when it comes to being on the front lines of, of innovation and really partnering with the builders in the ecosystem to essentially serve their needs and their kind of onboarding, you know, friction that they're seeing today and really removing that for, for getting new users into their platforms. Um, so like the, the Terra ecosystem was really exciting, right? There was a lot of, you know, uh, real world connectivity you know, mantras being, uh, you know, pounded at the table and, and something that we were always really excited about. And, um, you know, the, we were always building on in a multi-chain focus, right? Like the horizontal, you know, infrastructure layer uh, across all of Web3. We're very much so big believers in, you know, the multi-chain world, the multi-chain thesis. Uh, we were never, you know, maximalists and only trying to build on Terra, you know, backed by uh, Circle uh, USDC as well. So really excited about the cross-chain USDC stuff that's, you know, been developing in the background uh, that we'll be plugging into. And, um, you know, essentially, you know, when everything happened with Terra, we, you know, we always knew we had to get to the multi-chain and, and especially Cosmos, and we just had to get there a lot faster. So um, it's it's honestly been kind of a blessing, you know, from our perspective to not only, you know, be able to survive through that whole experience, but essentially thrive as a business. And, um, you know, all these different ecosystems, we were, you know, talking to them immediately after everything happened. And there was, you know, a really strong demand to, you know, bring Kato's, you know, platform and Kato services into these different ecosystems. And Cosmos, you know, being so close to Terra originally was a no-brainer. Um, we're, we're kind of biased, right? We're, we're big Cosmos bulls in general around the app chain thesis and kind of the tech stack that's being, you know, developed here. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's surprising that it's so unserved when it comes to an onboarding perspective into Cosmos. You know, you think about the typical onboarding flow today. Where, you know, without Kato, you know, users have to buy Atom on a centralized exchange like Coinbase. They have to, you know, essentially there's trading fees and slippage involved when they actually have to buy the Atom token on the platform. And then they have to wait, you know, five days for their uh, funds to actually settle on the platform to actually 
to be able to withdraw to your, you know, your Kepler wallet, your self-custody wallet to then go and explore DeFi in the Cosmos world. Um, you know, there's, there's so much friction involved there. And then you got to, you know, IBC send it to the actual app chain on Cosmos that you want to then go ahead and explore and use. And, you know, so many of those steps and friction points and fees is what's dropping so many users from actually coming into the space in the first place. Right. Like there's there's so much, you know, exciting stuff being developed in the Cosmos world and and so many more users are going to be having their eyeballs, you know, there and trying to, you know, explore and dip their toes in, you know, buy a Stargaze NFT and swap on osmosis and you know, so much more that's being built in the back end. And um, you know, once they realize all the hoops and jumps that they need to go through to get in the ecosystem they're just not going to do it, right? It's not going to be worth it for them. So, you know, that's, that's what we're really excited about is removing all those steps for them in the background. Let, uh, let it be this, you know, seamless direct experience directly to the Cosmos app chain and, um, you know, let the smart contract do the work in the background for them. So that's what we're really excited about with, you know, partnering and integrating with Axelar Network to, you know, essentially do that where, you know, we're on ramping through USDC on Avalanche in a really low fee, you know, high transaction speed manner. And, you know, they're handling the, you know, the swap to actually send and, you know, get that XR USDC to the end, you know, user's wallet and that direct, you know, experience for them. And then there's a lot of you know, exciting stuff in the future that we'll be doing to just continue to remove these steps for users and, and make it as a direct and, and seamless experience as possible. Awesome. Sweet. Kim, I want to let you jump in here in a second, but I just want to build off that. So um, I think in that you mentioned and correct me if I'm wrong in either of these. You guys, did you did you say you have uh, some sort of partnership or backing with Circle? Um, and then also you just mentioned like an Axelar partnership. Um, I'm wondering if you could maybe expand on both of those. And then also just curious, like any other projects or orgs you kind of have working relationships with, whatever those might be, formal partnership or not. Yeah, happy to jump in there. So basically, uh, as, as Vince mentioned, uh, you know, we were invested in by Circle Ventures. I really love the team over there and just all the, the progress they're making in terms of cross-chain USDC access and utility. And you know, again, of course, uh, they're, they're working with Axelar deeply, you know, as well on, on the, the USDC native cross-chain swap capabilities, something that we're really excited about. But, um, you know, to, to piggyback again on the Axelar side, you know, we're just really excited about all of the capabilities they're creating in the cross-chain, you know, routing world, something that, um, as, as many folks know, has a lot of inherent risk, right, are these bridges and uh, the hacks that, you know, go on with them. Not that, uh, you know, there was any bridge hack yesterday, but there was over four DeFi hacks alone just yesterday, right? And, uh, and, and of course, you know, bridges being another point of, you know, concern, but um, one that Axelar, you know, we've seen the, the kind of best response and, and best approach, you know, to security as, as a forefront pillar in uh you know the integration process and, and just a uh, big focus right almost you know it, it's a lot of folks you know the, the big debate is speed or security and security hands down right i don't know you know what, what everyone else in this call feels but you know from from our standpoint security is paramount and, and likely the most important factor in, in all of crypto and all of DeFi and especially bridges so um you know something that we take very seriously and, and really excited you know to partner with with axelar on is that cross-chain capability and, and, you know, being able to do things from EVM to Cosmos to Polkadot and, and vice versa, right? Um, as, as, I don't know if Vince mentioned it before, but, you know, we have, of course, the ability to on-ramp 
from from EVM to Cosmos, we actually also have the ability to off ramp as well from from you know Axelar back out. And so again, it, it opens up so many possibilities that I don't even think we've really begun to scratch the surface on, in terms of the actual uh, integrations and and what were what will come right, what what is to come. I know your last question there was you know about, about other partnerships and such, and uh, we have honestly a bit. Uh, too many going on at this stage to, to even you know chime into a single specific one. Happy happy to, of course, if, if they come up. But um, we're just you know really excited about the capabilities that Axelar brings to the on ramp space and and to the solutions that we can then build off of that. Awesome, good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably touch on a couple of those partnerships just naturally through talking. I think just because usually I wait to uh, till the end to let people up, but middle of the day, a little bit of a smaller space, and I always find everything Kem has to say pretty insightful. So I figured I'd let him pop up. He requested earlier. Kem, if you want to jump in, if you've got something, feel free. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was really just kind of going to piggyback off of what uh, Vince had said before with just kind of how it, it's a good fit for, for Kato to have that on-ramp to the DEXs directly. Because as someone who, you know, I'm constantly DCAing into these positions, I, I've been forced to use a, a sex, which is costing me, you know, fees every time I use it. But then, to like Vince mentioned, they also control, you know, how, you know, five days until it settles. And then even after that, they can still close down your ability to off-ramp that to a wallet. I've had multiple instances where, and it's typically during, you know, high volatility times, where I will buy something like Adam. Um, even after the five days are completed and I should be able to transfer, it will say, you know, there's an issue with our network and we're unable to transfer at this time, or there's maintenance we're unable to transfer at this time. And so they can really just pull those levers whenever they please to to really lock in your your assets to their platform. And so just removing that entire, you know, anxiety that I have of with these exchanges of no never knowing really if I can get my, you know, assets off. Um, can be solved with this. And I think it's it's huge for the Cosmos space, which has this ethos of decentralization and, you know, not having so much control over, you know, a, a centralized party having so much control over your assets. So I've been a big fan of, of Kato for a while um, and super happy to see a bunch of projects are, you know, starting to integrate it into their their platforms. Awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate the kind words, uh, Cam. And uh, likewise, big fan of what you're up to as well in the space. And uh, like you said, man, like the, the centralized exchanges right now, they, I mean, we've seen it over the past year in terms of, you know, the insolvencies that happen with, you know, these custodians where, you know, your funds on the exchange are not your real funds, right? You don't truly have ownership uh, of those funds. And that's kind of why we're here, right? The, the sovereign individual to fully own your financial freedom and, and get off of these, uh, you know, custodian relationships at the end of the day. And, um, you know, the, the centralized exchange experience is, uh, you know, it's never going to go away completely, right? We're, we're big believers that, you know, if, if a new user from day one is, you know, starting to like learn about crypto and maybe they want to speculate on a token price and buy a little Ethereum or something, sure, like buy, buy a token on, on Coinbase, use a centralized exchange, and inevitably, you know, more and more users are going to go through this kind of progression path of, you know, you're invested a little bit, you go down the rabbit hole a little bit and you start kind of becoming immersed in the space inevitably as, you know, the space, you know, exponentially grows in the future and, and more and more folks are going to kind of become, you know, DeFi native and crypto native and, and want to explore, you know, all these new 
platforms and you know experiences that's in the web3 world that you can't do on these you know centralized exchange platforms so you know that's the user that kato is here to serve at the end of the day where you know they are you know essentially graduating from that centralized exchange experience and they want to go direct to web3 right skip the sex you'll go with kato right we love to you know use that play on the words and that is essentially you know the vision here and and we believe that more and more folks are exponentially going to kind of go through that progression path and you know go directly to these dex experiences like you said like um you know you shouldn't have to go through the centralized exchange if you want to go directly to your end destination in cosmos um and the friction that's kind of involved there i will like tease a little sneak peek feature here that we're you know excited about you know launching in the future of essentially like auto ramping in kato and dcaing you know, onto a DEX in Cosmos in a very like hands-off manner where, you know, the work is kind of done in the background, set it, forget it. You know, you want to buy Adam on Osmosis, you know, $100 every month, for example. You know, th these are things that are going to be happening in the future. So um, really excited about continuing to, you know, explore and, you know, solve a lot of these pieces, right? The, the zero to one fiat to, you know, crypto flow is just the first step. And there's, there's so much more to be solved here. So Sweet. So I'm curious, um, Seeds, and I see your request, by the way, I'll definitely get you up here in just a second. Um, excited for you to join the discussion. Um, but I'm sort of curious, and I guess I have two questions, but I'll ask them together because the answer might be related. I'll let you guys tackle it maybe in two parts or one part, whatever makes most sense. But um, so it sounds like one of you know the biggest benefits obviously you guys still uh need to do kyc on people um and uh the so i guess like the big benefit over a central exchange is aside from just the friction and um, kind of annoyance of having to do multiple transactions get whatever you want to where it needs to be um, it's that waiting period i think a lot of people really don't like that because it's a period of time where you don't have control of your funds and obviously for central exchanges it's sort of a it's like a, a banking thing they're making sure that you aren't going to recall the transaction or anything weird's going to go on um so first question would be like how do you guys avoid that how do you sort of like a peek under the hood allow me to just instantly get access to some assets that i can have in my control and nobody can take them back even if my payment doesn't go through in a day or two or something weird happens um and then two and maybe these are separate answers but maybe not what exactly is happening under the hood? We had like um, Noba Tech on here last week on one of my spaces, and they're doing a very similar thing to you guys, direct on ramped, and we kind of picked their brain on this one. But like, where is my US dollar going? Where are the assets I'm getting coming from? Are they coming from a DEX, a market making partner? Um, what's actually happening when I'm doing this direct on ramp of an off chain asset, US dollars in my case, to an on chain one? Great question. I'll, I'll start backwards there. So uh, effectively, you know, when you like, like a peek under the hood, you know, when you basically swipe your credit card or when you submit your ECH payment, those funds are transferred to our banking partner. We work with a couple of them, digital asset custodians, as well as traditional banks. So our, our current one and, and uh, focus today is Prime Trust. We work with them uh, predominantly for the, the USDC and uh, stable coins that we offer, as well as the L1 assets. And we're actually about to expand our service to also ZeroHash, another provider who I actually believe Nova uh, does use as well, and uh, you know is is basically giving us greater coverage in assets. Uh, so you know we we of course um, you know want to make sure that that our customers have as many 
available assets as possible. So again, that being said, um, your your payment method, you know, would be charged. Those funds would be you know sent to our our banking partner, and then in turn swapped for you know digital assets on uh, on the other end. What we do in in turn really is we skip a couple of steps and we instantly disperse uh, U.S. dollars to your you know account, and then in that same process uh, we will uh, you know purchase assets for the customer and disperse them immediately. And so what that looks like is in in under three minutes from payment success that that we do you know a number of things on the fraud side of course to you know confirm and and prove that transaction uh to, to verify that you do have those funds and and you know are able to make that payment and then if that that clears you will be um able to receive those assets instantly and so um yeah you know what that that sort of looks like again is fiat card confirmation success payment success we do actually receive those funds uh, usually next day but uh, in that in that time we will instantly settle usd to you and in turn purchase assets and then send them out um, again all done you know within the the rails of our banking partners nothing that uh, that we do today is uh, you know kato itself not not an msb or, or mtl uh, entity itself but partnered with the, these folks that have these this coverage and have done all the legwork and the compliance work and the fraud work uh, themselves to you know make this possible. Okay, cool. That all makes that all makes perfect sense. But I'm still left a little bit wondering, like, how you guys are able to do that with some level of trust when, say, like Coinbase and Crypto.com can't. Is it just because they're far more cautious due to a large user base, or like it sounds like what what you guys have going on behind the scenes that makes sense to me, but a, it kind of leaves open the question of, are you not somewhat making yourselves vulnerable to like chargebacks and stuff? You're dispersing assets before the payment clears, um, even if it's just by like a window of 24 hours or so. Any idea why like other central exchanges can't offer a similar thing or? Yeah, the, the first piece to that, right, is that most of these guys want you to hold funds on their exchange, of course, naturally. Mm-hmm. And that's very different to the ethos that, that we provide and we you know, view as, as sort of, again, our mission, right, is, is access to and utility for crypto in your kind of self-custodial manner, in your, in your wallet. Your digital wallet is your wallet, right? Uh, self-sovereign, nobody can uh, you know, pull those funds from you and something that we you know, believe in at our core. And I think that's probably the most important part to all of this, right? These guys could likely do similar features if they, if they wanted to. Yes, it definitely does incur you know, some additional risk. And, and we account for that through, again, fraud and, and prevention matters that we've integrated into our stack. But um, you know, that being said, you know, it, it's important to us to make this as instant as possible especially when you think about payments, right? Uh, uh, any of these centralized exchanges in terms of payments wouldn't really work today. I know they're building out you know, solutions that, that are on the side from their core offering. But um, again, like the, the main focus for us is that they provide a great place for you to buy and sell and trade crypto. And Kado is really here to provide an easy access to Web3 and all of the offerings that, that crypto provides, not just trading your, your assets. And that really, you know, again, is is really why we're so focused on the instant nature of this stuff is that you should be able to, you know, get in and out at, at you know, a moment's notice. Um, and that's what we're building for. Cool. 
yeah, I kind of figured it was something like that, where honestly, if, if they wanted to, Coinbase, Crypto.com, etc., probably could lower that window by quite a bit, but they just have their own sort of interests at play there. Very exactly. cool. Exactly. Exactly. If, um, if you've ever um, purchased crypto to the Coinbase wallet, they do provide some similar experiences, but um, it, it's definitely lower limits and yeah. incurs more fees and a lot of friction. But um, again, it's more of a, a preference thing than of a, a feature thing. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, Seeds in. Um, got you up here. Do you want to jump in? Yeah. Uh, is Kato open source? Kato is not open source. We, uh, again, as you know, connected to traditional Web2 kind of banking rails, uh, we do provide you know, some core infrastructure that, that does have uh, things that, that only we have access to. So there is you know, inherent trust that uh, we're looking to build in, in all of our processes and systems here. But that being said, uh, we're very interested in decentralization and, and pushing towards a more decentralized future for Kato even talks about, you know, converting to a DAO and what that might look like, as well as hosting most of our services on decentralized you know, applications like Akash, something we're really excited about. But um, that being said today, not, not so open source. What we do plan to open source is our solution for on-ramping as a business, as a, as a uh, DAP, DAP in, you know, any, any ecosystem so that you can provide your customers you know, easy on-off-ramp solution directly in app um in in your own kind of custom user experience and and such so so that is something that we're planning to open source hopefully uh by the end of q4 here so uh x defi uh is the largest wallet at thorchain and there are a lot of people that exited Thor, Thor, uh, thorchain because defi that's be, that's essentially from being promoted by thorchain is closed source they do have a, a, a future plan because it's a it's a str- business strategic decision. It's understandable, uh, but with Unweb three, um, I think more open source is going to be embraced than uh, closed source is obvious. And I understand the connection to traditional Web two and credit card uh, uh, clearinghouse and all that stuff that you guys have uh, strengthened, and so that's why the experience is smoother, um, and that's all great. Uh, so I hope in the future you guys have more thoughts about potentially, you know, down the road, uh, opening up more and more uh, sources or code sources so that it becomes more and more Web3. Like uh, the other question that I had is the uh, like I, I'm, I personally uh, have onboarded <laughs> all the fiat like six years ago. So like only uh, need that I have of centralized exchanges or wallets like Cato is really for off ramping. Uh, but for the uh, for the noobs that are that I'm helping to onboard, uh, I've been using Coinbase still, Kraken, and then onto uh, Kepler, and, and and then they could go 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 at it into the Cosmoverse by themselves and learn their way, right? So uh, the more recent Cosmonauts that I've been uh, seeing on Twitter uh, that are not in my physical presence or, or in, in my proximity, like just on virtual space, I've been noticing, like, uh, I think CryptoVert, I, I will help you guys out a little bit. He's one of your customers. So he was raving about you guys greatly, which like got, got me the first first-hand experience because I conversed with him a little bit. So it, it set a good impression. And uh, so he was raving about Kato's experience of how much greater it is, easier Kata. it is. Okay, I'm sorry, Kato. Sorry. <laughs> I do the same sorry thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, Kato. Okay. Um, 
and uh, so it, was, it was great. That was a great intro. <laughs> and uh, but two days later, the same guy and uh, like three other cosmonauts started tweeting about how they can't get the money out or there's no support for days. So can you explain like the issues with the support cur- currently? Yeah, happy to. So, um, you know, we do have a support team and such. And um, we, we, again, of course, offer the off-ramp capabilities. We, we, you know, at our core believe if you can on-ramp, you, of course, should be able to off-ramp. And so, um, you know, that was very important to us in, in our launch. We have had a number of successful off-ramp transactions almost uh, in the last you know, couple of days. Usually what it comes down to is uh, people trying to make you know, requests on the weekends and um, being, being, you know, understand, not understanding that, you know, ACH rails usually are, are turned off um, from about 4 or 5 p.m. on Friday until about 9 a.m. on Monday. And so that does cause some extra delays. And then, of course, you know, our coverage for the off-ramp today is still not global as much as we'd like it to be. We are working towards adding SEPA, faster payments, and, and other uh, on- and off-ramp payment methods, you know, local, local bank transfer methods. But today, it is still, unfortunately, only available in the U.S. So if... Is is your guys' coverage for on-ramping and off-ramping the same? Or is there more places you can on-ramp from than off-ramp? It's always going to be parity. So we're always going to provide on and off with the same payment methods. Um, You know, we we would really not want to provide an experience where you can on-ramp but not off-ramp. Yeah. So... um, Again, like like I mentioned, SEPA and, and faster payments are like top of the priority list today. Um, but you know, very interested in, in as many global payment methods as possible. We actually, you know, a bit of an alpha leak, but we're working with a provider that will soon be able to offer 180 plus countries of, of local payouts. And you know, we want to make sure that that has parity with with on ramps as well. And so, um, you know, off ramping to to your point, citizen very very important for somebody like yourself who's been in space and, and not really investing anymore but but wants an easy way to get out um something that is is very very important to us and also just while we're on that topic you know we're, we're really excited about on-ramping new money into cosmos into these ecosystems a lot of the time we're talking about regurgitating tvl pulling money from evm pulling money from avalanche ethereum and different chains into cosmos and vice versa out of cosmos back in evm what we are really excited about is net new capital so that new customers have easier onboarding experiences, applications have an easier solution to onboard their customers, and, and a really just seamless way for, for new capital to enter the system. Now, may I ask where you guys started from? Was it Terra ecosystem, like in terms of Web3 space? And then where do you guys plan to expand out to? And where yep. currently uh, Cosmos sits with you guys? Yep, yep, yep. So started on Terra uh, with with UST back uh, again May of, of last year, 2021, and then ultimately just relaunched about two weeks ago with uh, Osmosis, Kujira, Juno in, in Cosmos, as well as Terra Two. You can on ramp directly to you know all of those chains uh, in under five minutes, and then of course also we we actually relaunched with Ethereum, Solana, and Avalanche support as well. So in total, about seven chains at launch, and soon we'll be, you know, integrating many more Axelar connected chains. We're sort of on the forefront lines with a number of people that are about to turn on, you know, their Axelar connection, and in turn opens us up uh, to, to working with them as well. So Ethereum, I heard Axel, uh, uh, Avalanche, I heard. Did I hear Polkadot? 
Yep. So actually not any uh, Polkadot chains today, but we are working with a number of them that are also Axelar connected and we'll be expanding our, our offering there as well. What, by, by when, like roughly, do you expect um, Cato to be situated within Ethereum, Polkadot, or any other major chains uh, what, as you are today with Cosmos? It's a great question. Um, it's really kind of going to come, come down to the needs of these ecosystems. We've already started a number of conversations with Polkadot and, uh, you know, such small, like parachains and such. But we basically are, are very focused on, like, the ecosystems that are trying to solve for these solutions, trying to solve on-ramps. And, um, you know, Cosmos has just been really underserved in that regard. So, you know, why, that, that's sort of why we've been so focused on it. There are a number of other on-ramps that do provide Polkadot and they provide Ethereum and they provide Solana. But, um, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, I can't believe we're saying it, you know, we're one of the first on-ramps to Cosmos, right? After, after, you know, four plus years of this space, of this, of this ecosystem building, um, you know, consumer adoption and, and consumer access has still kind of been left to the wayside and something that we're just really excited about. So, you know, more Polkadot and more ecosystems coming soon, but, um, currently focused on, on what we've got going today. May I ask um, if your strategy is to go vertical or horizontal in terms of its uh, modular growth? Like yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, yeah, if you already question. understood that, maybe? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, definitely horizontal. I'd say uh, we started to do the vertical growth with Terra. And, you know, candidly, we had 50 plus projects that were about to integrate, you know, our on-ramp solution into their, into their tech stack. So that, um, you know, things like payments, things like DeFi, different, different protocols could easily, you know, get users into, into Terra. Um, obviously, growing vertically there was, was a good thing for a little while until it wasn't. And so we kind of learned that lesson that the horizontal growth approach is a little bit more favorable in crypto, at least today. Um, again, with, with all of the ups and downs that we experience, you know, you never know um, what ecosystem is, is going to explode on any given day. So you have to be prepared for for multiple. In terms so, of uh, in terms of a heterogeneous network like uh, Cosmos, Polkadot, and Avex, I don't know if you guys read that um, great article. I forgot his name. Put out uh, that compares Cosmos, Polkadot, and Avex is essentially future a mesh network. Uh, was, uh, and Avex is kind of fudging it right now, but Cosmos is totally there. But uh, since you're on Cosmos already, I'm wondering, like your network strategy in terms of mesh network of onboarding, off offboarding Kado with these Web3 chains is more like Cosmos or Polkadot or AVEX or even Ethereum at this point. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too sure myself either. It's honestly kind of uh, evolution and, and uh, a moving target, if you will. You know, we want to support all of that, right? Not just um, vertically into into one of those specifically. So, well, it's excited. actually it's actually an architectural challenge, and that's something that you can't really change too too easily once the framework is built, especially in a financial network. And so, it's something that I, I hope you guys think about careful, uh, hope thoughtfully. That will, I mean, I, I'm obviously hoping that. Uh, it would benefit <laughs> what my community is involved in, but I'm thinking in terms of uh, Web3 wide, 
like the more people that we could easily on-ramp and off-ramp will just get more people into Web3. Bottom line is what is a win for all. So uh, like, it, I mean, I don't have answer, but like I, I'm, I'm pri primarily Cosmonaut, Polkadot and Ethereum in that order, but I come backwards in terms of my investment and, and my experience. And I chose Cosmos right now as the best architectural network uh, distribution system, modularities, technologies. Um, as an architect, that's my take. Um, but it's just my opinion as well. And um, but it's vitally important, like five five years down the road, because you can't you can't undo these things, right? Because <laughs> that's what that's what architectural infrastructures are, like like city planning. And so, oh, like. This is really, this is super critical right now. I, like, I'm so glad you guys are currently uh, at the center or at, uh, currently situated in Cosmos because it's like the most fluid uh, network anyways. Um, and, and Polkadot is going to link up with Cosmos anyways. So that, that mesh network is coming. Everything's going to link up with Cosmos. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> I'm just trying to win for Cosmos. Kato, because I mispronounced your guys' name. By the way, uh, Kato Vince <laughs> is not your real name, is it? That's my birth name. Come on, it's just a, it's just a wild coincidence. <laughs> get out, get out of town. Hey, so I have I have a question, kind of to or two, I guess, to build on. Um, I don't think this is exactly what Citizen meant, but it's what came to mind for me and prompted this question: this sort of vertical versus horiz uh, horizontal scaling. So adding ecosystems and chains to on-ramp onto is one thing and pretty self-explanatory, but I'm a little bit curious what's your limiter or sort of factor for which tokens on those ecosystems you could on-ramp into. Like, is there a future here soon where I'll be able to use Kado to directly buy Chainlink, but on Ethereum, like the Axler one? And sort of my second part question to that is, I wonder, would you guys ever be interested in integrating with something like Rango Exchange to really allow people to on-ramp directly into like anything? Great question as well. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, you know, the the first part there, right, buying Chainlink, you know, directly, I'd say, um, you know, that that is something that is capable. And in our regard, we really just kind of have to prove, you know, enough volume and enough uh, traction for us to kind of go out and then make the effort to support it. That being said, you know, we do want to open up the, the floodgates for access to as many tokens, you know, as possible. Um, I know, I know from your recent call with Nova and Squid, you know, we are also working with Squid on the, the cross chain relay uh, routing. Oh, that, know, uh, I was going to ask. That's so cool. So actually, yeah, I guess yeah. super quick for, for people who maybe missed that space, you might do a better job than me, but I'll take a crack at it. I'll just kind of explain Squid in a quick sentence so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> Squid is like a cross-chain liquidity router. So it's kind of, it's not an end user facing project that you would like an investor would go to and use or a user, but rather tooling that someone like Kato, Kato or um, Nova, which we talked with last week can use to sort of uh, route payments and TXs and swaps between different chains. So you could do something like onboard directly in the Cosmos hub and then automate that atom that you buy going to osmosis and, and swapping for something else or something in that regard. Um, would, you, would you say I did that justice in a sentence? 
Yeah, that was pretty great. The uh, only piece to really add on there is is like you know the, the cross chain contract call capabilities plus the liquidity routing. I think is super important to the, the future of Axelar and the Squid being able to not just do things like you know send from A to B, but actually to do you know a contract call on the end destination and uh, you know automate a couple of processes. So you know things like initiating you know your your funds into a dollar cost averaging protocol or depositing into a liquidity pool, you know, directly. Uh, these are sort of some of the capabilities that, that general message passing from Axlar and then in turn Squid uh, will open up for, you know, much more easier, easier access to, you know, doing the things that you, you intend to do, but in an instant click, in a single click, in a single transaction. And something that, you know, we're really excited about sort of re- reducing the number of steps for the users to automate those processes. Like Vince mentioned, adding the auto ramping capabilities with the cross chain routing uh, and, and contract call capabilities opens up so many new use cases that we haven't even really begun to see what, what that looks like. If, uh, if you guys are not already in touch, I would love to connect you to Croncats. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, we've been working with Croncat and uh, Mike and the team. They are doing a ton of good stuff in the Cosmos ecosystem. It's another project we're really excited about. Yeah, I envision a future where not only can I automate, you know, once or twice monthly on ramps from Cado, but also automate what happens with those funds once they're there, like stake them, put them into a liquidity pool, whatever. And I think that'd be like a beautiful match um, between you guys and Croncats. 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. I mean, there's other use cases we're already kind of talking to, which are, you know, like like streaming payments, automating off-ramping capabilities, so you can actually convert your streamable payments back to your bank account, you know, again, almost instantly without any any extra, you know, clicks or, or um, effort on your side, right? Kind of, again, yeah. to Vince's point, set it and forget it. Awesome. Um, Sefi, appreciate you popping up here. Do you prefer Sefi or Sefi? Sefi's correct. Yeah, you're good. Okay, because everybody calls you CFI, and are you just yeah. too nice to correct them? <laughs> yeah, it just gets boring correcting us. So yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. Well, always hey appreciate you hopping up here with your insights. So take it away. Yeah, the one and only in the gang. It's been a while talking. Um, it's uh, like uh, I had a few kind of simple questions. Um, one is, I think you guys had sort of like this UST marketplace at some point to buy buy goods and I guess drop ship them or something at some point, right? Like, are you still doing that kind of thing? So we actually kind of uh, turned that product off at the time. And that was very hyper-focused on the UST use case. And we can start to expand uh, the offering there, but we really saw greater demand, you know, for the on and off ramp solution. And, you know, with kind of the reorg and, you know, re- refocus, we said, let's, let's focus on that to start. And then payments, you know, will come will come twofold after. So something we're still again very excited about is that real world connectivity for your digital assets, being able to spend them and, and use them in the real world. And now we just need to build, you know, the best solution possible uh, for that. With the okay, cool, yeah. With the wreckage of the recent, um, uh, well, just multiple issues in the in the world of crypto, um, have you found that like Prime Trust? Have they signaled any kind of major changes to the way they they do things? Did they survive everything okay? Like, you know, obviously they're your main provider and one of the few providers in the space that deal with crypto uh, transactions to fiat. Like, uh, do you feel pretty good about them overall? Another great question. Yeah, definitely uh, feel really really good about them. Honestly, the way that they bounced back after the the UST you know, collapse and, and just the terror collapse. I mean, they had been working on that 
that project for over a year and a half before it even launched. And then for it to kind of, uh, you know, collapse after about six months, of course, was, was disheartening to everybody involved. But, you know, that, that being said, they're definitely one of the more Web3 native teams that we've ever seen in, in this you know, Web2 to Web3 space, the, the Tratify banking, if you will. Uh, space and so you know we we definitely really love that partnership love that that effort that they made after the collapse to actually you know make a make a big push for a number of new assets you know to, to list with us if, if you you know i've seen our app today we, you can actually buy solana ethereum avalanche and, and usdc on those networks which was not possible before the Terra collapse it's something we worked very quickly with them to to get up and running and again very very glad to you know see their response and, and um how they bounce back from that as well that being said, they, they, of course, have a number of ongoing, you know, partnerships and, and Terra was just one of them. So um, they, they definitely, you know, came out of this all right. I got a quick question and then I'm happy to let you continue, Sefi. Um, is right now outside of uh, sort of extra pieces of the puzzle like Squid or Rango Exchange or similar, are they at all like a limiting or deciding factor in which assets you can offer? Or is that a decision that's entirely on your guys end? Like kind of going back to my prior question of, you know, which tokens on the chains that you support. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely the difference there between the assets in-house and the assets, you know, on decks and, and out of house, right, that Squid can open up. And so that's definitely, you know, two two big distinctions there. Um, but then, you know, definitely in terms of the, the offerings that they have, it's it kind of comes down to, you know, the liquidity availability, you know, if they have a partner that has access to that, that token to, to buy and sell. And then of course the infrastructure, um, you know, things like like connecting to the actual send, withdraw, deposit, right? All of the, the stuff that we kind of take for granted. So between the mix of those two, um, you know, we, we have the ability to lobby for new assets and to push, you know, on our partner to get new assets listed, but it does require them to make the effort as well. And so we, we are definitely uh, beholden, you know, to them. And for that reason, um, trying to you know increase coverage with other partners like like a prime trust right like i mentioned before with now zero hash another digital asset custodian who offers you know some different assets than, than prime trust does what that looks like for the user is is wider coverage greater availability and uh, hopefully better pricing so ultimately you know we're, we're in the game of you know lobbying for assets to be listed but that being said, if, if they aren't you know more readily available, we're going to work pretty quickly with uh, Axlar and Squid and, and Dexes to, to make those uh, use cases possible. Sweet. Okay. Cool. That really helps to paint the picture a bit. Um, Sefi, feel free to continue. If you've got more. Yeah. How much uh, currently? What kind of cash limits uh, do you have on your system in terms of like maximums and whatnot? Yep. So today it's a, a big spender in the house. <laughs> Big spender, yeah. Sefi's got money to, to put back in the market after the terror collapse, I heard. Um, but no, we basically have a tiered system to start. $500 for the first tier, $1,500 for the second tier, and $3,000 for the third tier. And that's the, the daily limit. Um, with that, I believe our, our per year limit is about $100 million per customer. So pretty high limits there. Um, but you know, we, we're actively always reviewing our our limits and trying to improve them, trying to make them more dynamic. Um, we, we might, a little bit of an alpha leak, we might have ways to get people higher limits on our end if, if you, you know, uh, can, can prove certain things. But um, we, you know, definitely want to make sure that, again, out the gate, a new user definitely has to kind of go through some, some verification and some uh, approval, right, on our end to, to make sure they're not fraudulent and, um, you know, a good user, right? So 
of course, you know, we want to get those limits higher and everybody does. Um, so definitely a priority for us. Yeah, it's just, I think, obviously, um, um, your platform is really well geared. Can you words. guys um, uh, simpli- simply ex- explain, how, how, like, so how, I guess I'm trying to get an assessment of the force at uh, Kato, the, uh, how big is uh, Kato, uh, and what are your primary strengths in terms of background, and what are your weaknesses that you hope to become, come into strength in the future? like in the areas of Web3 uh, DeFi? Sure, sure. Yeah, our strength as a team really is that we are Web3 native. I'd say we are on the cutting edge of a number of these you know, integrations and partnerships and, and new protocols. And, you know, working with, again, Axler, we were the first, you know, on-ramp to connect with them, as well as Cosmos and such, right? So really, really excited about, you know, being that Web3 native team, providing fiat and services, you know, to these ecosystems. And uh, with that, you know, we're up to about 25 team members today. We, uh, you know, have, have people across many different disciplines, but we're actually hiring right now. If anybody on this call or, or if you have friends, please recommend. We're looking for people in business development and partnerships, something that we're really trying to expand our effort on today. So, yeah, continually growing. Um, but, you know, we're, we're definitely you know, very mindful of the macro environment. And, you know, understanding that uh, not everybody today is, is necessarily buying crypto, but when they do, you know, we want to be there and be ready for it. So preparing for that day. Who do you have for, who do you have for currently for your advisory uh, level people who are not on payrolls per se, but uh, in a traditional sense, collects advisory fees or maybe do, does a pro bono advisory stuff? Yeah, yeah. We have over 10 advisors on this on the team already, um, you know, all with an equity stake. The uh, I would, you know, hate to jump in on specifics and not give you know credit to others. So we, we have a really strong advisory board and team and one that I'm, I'm super proud of. You know, we definitely are, are you know, trying to attract world class talent or world class people to support us, to build with us. And, um, you know, the, the team definitely. Uh, is, is a strong one and one that I'm very, very proud of. And um, again, you know, all things considered after the terror collapse, you know, we had a number of folks that were, you know, obviously like company professionally wise, wise, like impacted, but of course, you know, a number of folks personally impacted within 10 days after the collapse of Terra, we were already back on our feet and working with new partners and new ecosystems and um, very, very fortunate to, you know, have the team members that we do today get there. So yeah, that being said, um, you know, great, great advisory board um, across legal, marketing, BD, um, and and yeah, excited for the future. I've I've asked with this before, but I don't remember it getting encapsulated in keywords like such as on ramp, on ramp, off ramp. Like, what are your uh, primary products or services or offerings other than on ramp and off ramp uh, currently and, and in the near future? Yeah, so as Sefi was starting to get into, we used to provide a service for buying and buying real-world items with your digital assets. So you could buy your dog food, buy your AirPods, whatever that might be. So again, really, really excited about the payment space. Not something we provide today. That was an old D1 product, but um, something that we're looking to, to you know, reincarnate again in the future. That being said, today, the main focus for us is fiat on and off ramp integrations, B2B2C, you know, and, and partnering with ecosystems, partnering with dApps, games, NFT marketplaces, DAOs, all, you name it, right? We want to be 
integrated with uh, these, these crypto solutions to more easily onboard users to their applications. And that is our primary focus today. Okay, so you got me hooked now. So you mentioned the word game there, right? Uh, is there any current development? Maybe you don't want to share it, but uh, you guys are working <laughs> towards with the GameFi uh, connection with the uh, Kato? I, I mean, absolutely. We have uh, a number of games that we're already in contact with, and I think that's going to be one of the biggest proliferations of crypto, you know, that, that we ever see is uh, maybe even the, the next, you know, bull market factor. But, um, you know, as, as you probably know, there's, there's tons of Web2 games that make, you know, tens of millions of dollars a month on, you know, skins and NFT things like, like NFT-like things that aren't necessarily NFTs, but, you know, it, it, in reality should be. And so, again, really excited about that space. You know, we have uh, a number of games that we're talking to and, you know, to, to the point of being instant, right? You have to be able to buy that asset instantaneously. You can't be waiting one day, five days you know, to receive your assets, it has to be instant. So, you know, really, really excited about um, Web3 games and, and the offerings that they can provide. I'd say, you know, play to earn is, is on the left side and Web3 games is on the right side. You know, there, there's a very different distinction there that's, uh, that's worth making. I kind of want to ask a, a similar question, but in a slightly more broad sense. So other than the end user, someone like myself or anyone in here just wants to on off-ramp um what kind of work are you guys doing towards or what might you have in the books for more like this could be on the on-chain side or the off-chain side pretty broad question here sort of more like b2b connections or enterprise type things like is kato a platform that you guys imagine uh organizations and maybe even even other like funds and stuff might use to onboard and on-ramp or is it really more of an end user product yeah, um, I'd say there's definitely interest from institutions, you know, for these services. They're, they're always trying to get into DeFi. What I would say is they're a little bit more hesitant in terms of like self-custody. You know, of course, having tens and hundreds of millions of dollars at your disposal in a, in a hot wallet, right, is, is not the most sure thing possible today. There's other solutions in the market that, um, you know, we might, we might recommend otherwise. And that's, that's okay, too. What I would say is we're really excited about business onboarding and enabling crypto to fiat and fiat to crypto services yeah. for businesses. One of the main use cases that we're really trying to tap into, and this is a bit of a, you know, an alpha leap as well. If you're, if you're a validator, this call or listening after, we are building solutions for you. You know, a big, big pain point that we've heard in the space is that people who have validators earn on-chain revenue, but they can't convert it to off-chain, you know, real-world assets. And that you know, has, has been a big, big friction point for validators in every ecosystem, right? Being able Can't to actually going crazy with the reactions. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. We're building that for, uh, exactly. We're building that for the, the Cosmos ecosystem, but really for every validator everywhere. Um, you know, obviously Cosmos has, you know, more, more validators than, than most, um, you know, every app chain needing their own, their own validator set. But, um, you know, in, in Solana, right, there's over 2000 validators. How many of those are, are, you know, one person or two people? I don't know. But um, that being said, you know, there's definitely a, ma- a big need for, you know, off-ramp capabilities as a validator. Yeah, I think. Or j- go ahead, Vince. Do you want to jump yeah, in? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, um, another one that's really exciting when we talk about, like, these Web3 native payments use cases for businesses is also serving DAOs. Right? You think about the, these DAOs, kind of like the future of Web3 organizations and where that's heading. and 
also being able to, you know, move, you know, money across the world as a DAO and, uh, you know, to pay employees that might be a developer, you know, in Singapore, for example. And, you know, there are these tools and integrations we're working on in the background to essentially, you know, if, if you're a DAO, you can stream your, you know, developer payments to developers around the world and then programmatically off-ramp, you know, with the Cosmos API to your local bank account, local bank account, no matter where you are on the globe. Right, so serving more of these, you know, Web3 native business use cases like validators, like DAOs, and, you know, many more gaming guilds, right, it would be another one. There's a lot more that are going to be continuing to pop up as the space continues to grow. And really, that's where we're going to lead in heavy as being, you know, like Emery said, a real Web3 native team at heart and kind of on the front lines of innovation when it comes to this stuff and not fighting that, you know, Web2 payments battle that is, is so crowded that you see today. Um, yeah. Can, can I... I can't, uh, Hold on. I want to just like kind of echo, I think, uh, a lot of like when you guys are talked about or even just the the tagline I made for this space in general, um, people kind of focus on the on ramping side because I think that's where the end user sort of sees the most friction or the most worry. Um, but I, I think like what we're starting to touch on and get into now is that there's possibly like even more sort of integration and beyond the basics potential for off-ramping because it's sort of something that you already have built out that can work under the hood. Um, taking an example I saw recently on Twitter, I forget which user this was, was but somebody mentioned that their uh, mother or grandmother has like a candle business, just like sort of as her, her passion project, and that they recently start started accepting USK as payment on their website, uh, Kujira's stablecoin. Now, I think the way that's set up, unfortunately, it did not go by a candle. Um, but I think she's like actually accepting USK and then she has to deal with that. She has to find a way to cash that out. But what Kato would enable for small and big businesses alike would be some kind of integration, whether it's on the business side, you guys working with them or working with some kind of payment processor or third party entity, the ability for an end user like myself to pay in crypto, but then the business on the other end to kind of have abstracted away a lot of that fuss of getting that into, into fiat, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you think about um, you know, providing the option for merchants to accept the currency that they would want to accept on behalf of their user base, but then maybe they only want to settle and collect into USDC, for example. Yep. Right. So there, there's kind of like a dual benefit there where, you know, you can cater and, and, you know, market your, you know, as a small business or big business owner, you get to get in front of a really cool, like growing, innovative, like core audience that say for in the Kajira example, you know, they are really excited about spending USK. And that's going to open, you know, your audience up in a completely new kind of like demographic that you would never get in front of. But maybe as a merchant, you're not uh, comfortable accepting and holding, you know, the, these kind of like, uh, you know, new emerging stable coins. You want to settle into, you know, USDC or something more safer in the back end or programmatically, you know, off ramp directly to fiat. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you can think about a world where a merchant's. Um, you know, accepting Bitcoin, Dogecoin, USK, right? Like, you know, don't tell customers what they have to pay with, but then you as a merchant have ownership over your, you know, settlement. And, you know, maybe there's benefits of, you know, settling into a stable coin like USDC, where you can potentially gain yield, uh, you know, as, on your revenue as it's coming in uh, compared to, you know, coming from my payments background, right? Like of, of the traditional, you know, credit card payments where the merchants, is you know losing money on interchange fees every time that a pay uh, a customer is you know paying 
uh, with those, you know, fiat rails, and then it doesn't, you know, settle instantly to the merchant's account. So they're constantly having to, you know, stay on top of this kind of money movement where, you know, you're accepting crypto, you're getting it instantly, you can gain yield on it while you're receiving it instantly, and then you can programmatically offer it to your bank account to, you know, pay and, and run your business. So there's a lot of kind of like closing the money loop, uh, you know, things we're thinking about here in the future too, when it comes to that real world connectivity. Have you guys thought at all about what a Cato debit card might look like? Something like Cypher D, where, you know, the end user could kind of reap that same benefit that a business would? Yeah, exactly. And to, the, you know, Sefi's point before about Cato Pay being, you know, this, this useful application for spending your digital assets, definitely interested in the credit debit card space and, and how that, you know, might, might look. Um, definitely think that you know the the ability to do something like that from your self-custodial wallet is, is super important even if it's you know like like more of like a prepaid debit card experience which you know most folks in, in crypto provide today it uh, still opens up you know possibilities that uh, we, we would love to provide again you know super excited about all things access to and utility for you know crypto in the real world right being able to use your digital assets in in you know the places that you shop every day super important to us Awesome. Um, I think that's uh, one of the coolest things of Cypher D is like they, they're a prepaid card, like you mentioned. You just load it up with crypto and it does get converted on the spot there, but it's still infinitely more accessible and, you know, usable of an option than bank transferring from Coinbase.com and like everything that is entailed in that and after selling and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, definitely some cool stuff to look forward to. Um, Seeds and hold on, before you hop back in, Sefi, I noticed you want to jump in there. Yeah, the I think the debit card problem, like I was going to ask you about that, but the debit card problem seems to be more consistently how to monetize that. And um, the problem that you're competing with like credit card cashback rewards. So it's a real interesting problem uh, in that it's like, it's not clear how the service involved monetizes it. Like if Cato had a, a card, for example, but that's a different discussion. But uh, one, one thing I was going to ask is the, uh, so are you guys planning to have, um, like your own, uh, like LP, are you going to like in, in, in cosmos assets or do you plan on just using say osmosis or something like that to take care of the transactions in the background, uh, to complete settlement? Cause obviously businesses don't want to accept crypto. It doesn't make any sense from an accounting perspective. It's just a huge pain in the ass. Um, they're going to want to accept um, a stable almost assuredly. Um, but how do you like, where does that take place? Is that, an, is that on a deck somewhere or what? Yeah, we're actually uh, already underway working with uh, the Osmosis team as well as a couple others are, are basically building a, a massive routing table on top I of think, uh, Osmosis. I think Sefi also joined right after we were talking about how they're also working with Squid from last week um, on Nova, yeah. on the tech space. Exactly, exactly. So that'll open up the you know cross-chain liquidity routing, which is a game changer. Um, you know, my, my understanding of that is that you know Osmosis is is one of those um, dexes that you know Squid will will provide that solution on, and of course you know it'll it'll be cross-chain and, and have other dexes included too. But um, you know, beside that, something that we're we're sort of excited about is you know on-ramping to Osmosis and then you know swapping to an asset and sending to another IBC. Uh, chain from there, you know, directly, right? In a, in a, again, single transaction, so that you know you can you can imagine on ramping to, you know, maybe one of these app chains that isn't necessarily even connected to Axelar, but because Axelar and Osmosis are and IBC is is capable, we can do things you know that would get you into an app chain or into a, a 
you know, different uh, use case that might not have been as easily available. So yeah, definitely excited about that solution. Good stuff. Um, Seeds, did you have something else? I, so Tim, Timmy, or <laughs> I just noticed why like, I haven't been calling you Tender. That's how, how it's joking, <laughs> but I like that. <laughs> um, Tender I, I, can't, I can't hear Sefi, by the way, just so you, you're aware. Um, oh, that is a weird... Yeah, that's kind yeah. of a known Twitter space bug where yeah, certain yeah. people it's are just good. not able to hear certain other ones. Yeah, that's a Twitter Cam, bug. Cam, you can hear Sefi, right? I, I know I can, but I just want to make sure it's not a big issue. Or like you just have to leave and come back, basically. So, like, hmm. so about for five years, I ended it about six years ago. Um, but for about five years, I, I ran an incubation out of my own business for like a, uh, to help uh, young startup creatives, uh, mainly in the uh, architecture, design, uh, you know, uh, furniture, uh, fashion, that kind of people, like the art to artists and designers. Um, and the way I did it, is uh, using like the Etsy models and the Shopify models, right? The, but the friction point there was at that time, this was last time I did it was like six years ago. With, uh, and I haven't, I haven't helped the startup since. Uh, and I, I don't support that model anymore because of Web3. And, and, and my current model is to support community startups using DAOs. And that's obviously uh, kind of early stage. But I'm thinking, Kate, like where Kato comes into this kind of opportunity as a, um, as a remover of friction, right? So back then, the friction of startup using Etsy and um, Shopify model. And we, had the, we, we were accepting crypto in, in 2017 because um, that was the setup that we were doing with other credit cards and everything uh, using Coinbase Commerce back then. Um, does Cato or Cato Cato have uh, it plans to issue like a debit cards or go into these web to uh, e- e- e-commerce sites to um, onboard uh, typical merchants into the web three ecosystems by offering what Coinbase merchant um, service API does uh, with uh, Shopify and, and Etsy? Yeah, ex- exactly. So I'm uh, very, very excited about the business use cases of, you know, off-ramping their, again, purchases that are made in crypto to fiat currencies. Definitely, you know, our priority list. Um, you know, that being said, debit cards and stuff is, is very different, right? That's a whole other world. And another area that we're interested in, in, in right? I'd say it, you, you're covering payments, but you know, one is retail consumer focused and one is you know, business focused. So very excited about both of those use cases. And um, now we're just going to prioritize you know, one of them. What is the regulatory issue with offering uh, crypto debit cards like uh, Crypto.com and uh, Coinbase for you guys? Yeah, it's really not, um, not, there's not a big concern on the regulatory side there. Again, it, it's already in market today and those solutions are, you know, being used by folks. It's uh, more of just, again, like a solution feature offering from us and our side and how fast, you know, we, we would love to get, a, get something like that to market. So, you know, we have already got three plus partners that have, you know, reached out about the debit card experience. And, you know, one that, you know, we, we do have partners that are, are ready to kind of move with us when we are. And now we just have to, you know, really provide the best solution possible before uh, and, and craft that, you know, solution 
before we launch it and, and bring it to market. So it's more of a timing thing than um, if if or else. It's uh, it's it's coming. Sweet. I wanna I wanna pivot slightly. I think. Um... I'm just sort of curious. We've talked about a lot of cool things today, various integrations, um, both on the in, on and off ramp side. Uh, but in a general sense, what are you guys most excited about? No one to hear from each of you, whoever wants to take it first um, about like either specific things you guys are working on, maybe someone you plan to integrate with or even just sort of general big picture things that you believe more access to direct on ramps will sort of enable going forward. Like what excites you guys the most about what you do at Kato? Yeah. So I think like, you know, more broadly, you think about the, you know, the mission of like onboarding, uh, you know, the world into web three directly and, and, you know, taking folks down that journey to becoming, you know, web three natives and, and, you know, be fully, you know, realizing the future of, you know, being a sovereign individual and owning your financial future. Um, you know, nothing kind of gets us more exciting, more, more excited than that in terms of like the good that it's going to be doing in the world, as well as just being on the front lines of the space that, you know, we're all obsessed with at the end of the day, right? Like the, it's just so exciting, even in, you know, a bear market right now, like there's never a market, there's never a dull moment. There's always exciting things that are being built and the you know, exciting teams that we're talking to every day. And just like me, it gets me so fired up just talking with all these different builders that have all these amazing ideas. And you, you just have this feeling that, you know, these things are going to be big in the future and it's just exciting to be a part of it. Um, I think like narrowing down a little bit microscopically, like nothing gets me more excited today than Cosmos USDC. You know, okay, when, once we get, uh, you know, the native, you know, circle chain up and running on Cosmos and native USDC is flowing into every single app chain. And, um, you know, there's, there's no more of any of that, you know, bridge risk involved. And there's just a lot more consumer, you know, applications that can be built in the Cosmos ecosystem that's really missing today. Uh, that, you know, gets us really, really fired up. Piggybacking off that right now. Yeah absolutely you know resonate with all of that i mean this guy barely even sleeps he's, he's so in tune with you know where that where the market is and where you know the new integrations and, and new uh announcements are coming from so you know big shout out on that and and you know again just to reiterate like really excited about getting net new capital into the ecosystem right we, we always you know are, are at the forefront and focus of you know bringing new users and bringing new money in uh to the ecosystem and, and not just you know regurgitating you know, from, from others. And, you know, with that, um, you know, my, my real hope is that, you know, consumer applications in Cosmos really grow and, and now have like a new opportunity to make it, make it possible to grow. Uh, a lot of the, you know, applications that were being built on Terra that had such a narrative for, you know, real world utility and adoption and, you know, onboarding your grandma to DeFi, right? Like that's something that, um, you know, I think has been sort of left to the wayside a little bit in, in Cosmos is, consumer applications that you know go beyond just the decks or just an nft marketplace but you know like a like a super app that uh, is, is built on top of cosmos in the back end that maybe a user doesn't even know right is is using cosmos or, or blockchain in the back end right that sort of stuff is what excites me about the next wave of, of applications that now hopefully can be built you know with uh, with our solutions and with our, our offerings to make it again more easy to to get into and out of those set of kind of consumer applications again games you know really excited about that one but i think um there's there's going to be plenty of them awesome so here's sort of a not a hypothetical but uh, a very genuine question so um 
kind of scrambling around on your website right now just to double check this, but at the moment you don't yet support Juno. Is that correct? The Juno network we support, but not the asset Juno. Okay, gotcha. So, so what do you know off the top of your coin uh, head what coins are supported on Juno at the moment? Is it would it just be USDC or? Yeah, yeah. So that's the current focus today for us is actually USDC directly into a Juno wallet address. That that's that's capable today. Um, what we don't have is the Juno token or or the other Cosmos app chain assets that that are listed on, for example, Juno Swap. You know, Akash, Stars, Osmo, everything you can you could buy. You know, really on Osmosis, you can probably buy on on Juno Swap. But um, you know, we we are uh, basically you know working with Squid and, and others to try and make that possible. That being said, you know, I think stablecoins are really the focus for us in terms of like on ramping too. It really yeah. is a lot easier for consumers to and, and businesses and everybody to kind of denominate, you know, in, in one currency rather than, you know, in, in Juno tokens or in Osmo tokens, right? Which, uh, of course, go up and down on, on any given day. So that being said, you know, we're going to be pretty focused and, and locked into the stablecoin stuff, but we'll definitely open it up to, you know, yeah. we definitely want to open it up to L1 assets as much as possible. Cool. Okay, so my specific question here, because I'm sure that not hypothetical might have confused you with that part of the question. So my project that I'm found, I've founded and I'm building, um, Park IBC, is a platform on Juno that accepts Axlar USDC as its main donation token for crowdfunding and donation. What would it look like um, to try and integrate? Cado into that process um, so that users could make a donation from fiat straight into our system. And the actual donation would happen with the Axel USDC, um, but they could start with fiat in their bank account or on their credit card. Would that be something that I would be like integrating directly with you guys or more on the squid front or like how might that look? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's something that we would, you know, love to dive into on the integration flow. Like the uh the Kato like on ramp widget is something that uh you know folks are integrating today. Um, you know, JunoSwap, Kajira, uh, these different platforms are getting that spun up on their front end so that users can you know buy and sell Axlar USDC on the Juno network or on Kajira for that example, you know, directly on the platform itself. And uh it, it, the users kind of go through that Kato on and off ramp flow through the widget on the page. Um, and then uh, in the future, we'll be having like a full API solution where essentially, you know, if, if you guys really want it to be a one transaction process versus the yeah. user on ramping into their wallet and then doing the second step for the donation, um, you know, we uh, are really excited about, you know, letting the smart contract do the work in the back end, you know, coordinate with you guys on, you know, uh, collaborating on that flow and um, making it one transaction for the user. So uh, essentially like you know, we're in the business of like, users want to get crypto with their fiat, with Kado, but what do they want to do with that crypto? Or what's that end use case right. that they're getting to? For you guys, it's making that donation. So let's make it all happen in the back end. Let's get them there in one seamless transaction and let the uh, the you know smart contract route it in the back end. So yeah, the uh, you know the on ramp to get actual USDC for your users is you know free and, and open and integrate today. If you guys want to uh, you know discuss that, but happy to you know take this offline as well to figure out you know more of that seamless you know flow you guys envision and really back into your guys uh, use case there. 
Yeah, I'd totally love to do that. I'll definitely hit you guys up to, to chat offline more about this. Um, I'm just sort of thinking through the details of the process because I think it's also just a good way to explore your guys' tech. So, like, what's the actual estimated, um, like, let's say we were to integrate that, uh, even just your widget as it stands now, maybe we weren't doing anything custom. What's the average, like, time? I, I see that there's quoted times for each network. Like, Juno, it says about 10 minutes. Um, but it kind of says that for... Osmosis, Kajira as well, uh, as well as Terra, like how much of it is it always going to be about 10 minutes or is that just like a high end estimate? Um, I noticed like Solana, you can get it in as quick as two minutes as well as Avalanche. Um, what's sort of the the difference in speed there? I'm wondering, because I'm, I'm like thinking about the user flow. If someone were to make the donation, how long would it be before a TX could even pop up for the donation? Um, and, and then that just sort of leads me to the question of why the varying uh, times I get for processing across different chains. Yeah, yeah, good question there. So I think um, we could we could likely knock those down a couple of minutes. Honestly, on the on the front end, they are the the higher limit. Sometimes Solana is even you know very much faster than two minutes. And um, you know we've had Osmosis Kujira transactions that take uh, you know like three minutes. And so, um, you know, what it really comes down to is some things that are exogenous to us, like we can't control Axlar Bridge and uh the you know experience there that does require you know decentralized relayers to confirm and approve transactions you know cross chain and that really is where um both our fees and our time constraints are kind of dictated by and so um you know for, for those that are on the call and or, or afterwards right like there's a dollar 70 fee that you see actually a dollar 50 of that fee goes to axelar and is part of that bridge process same thing for the timing, right? We actually did make a, a big improvement um, by, by using Avalanche USDC. But effectively, if you ever you know bridge on Ethereum from from Ethereum USDC back into into Cosmos somewhere, you'll notice that it can take anywhere close to thirty minutes to actually make that transaction happen. So we did a, a pretty big you know improvement um, from that, which which was a major you know pain point we wanted to solve for is is both again timing and fees. You know we know that like. People want to make that transaction and then receive it as soon as possible. And there's there's already people that have put up you know some YouTube videos of of making the transactions themselves and and receiving those assets in less than you know three minutes. So you know something we're always optimizing for, but again, does have some exogenous factors. Gotcha. Cool. So with let's say even a three minute wait time, let's go on the lower end. In order to make it like a seamless one click for a user on our platform, for example, and this applies to any really, I think it's just a good way to think through it. Um, obviously, they would kind of make some clicks for the initial uh, purchasing and onboarding. Let's say they were donating $100. Um, you'd click something that initiated the process on your guys end, started an ACH transfer and then uh, eventually tokens into your wallet. Then there would be the step of like making the donation, which is interacting with a smart contract. Is that sort of where someone like zero X squid would come into the picture? I would say zero X squid because that's their Twitter handle. Um, because like right now, it seems like what squid has, if I understood last last week, is most of their stuff is actually like ready to go. It's just that interchain accounts aren't widely applicable, which is a, a big part of their offering. But in an example like this one, it's all on one chain. So would it be something like, uh, you know, upon making the purchase through the Cato part of the system, it like queues up 
a transaction to be pushed through once the tokens are in my wallet or how might what would that look like is that even squid or would that be something we'd custom make just with you guys yeah, so I guess where Squid would come into play there is in opening it up to, and, and I don't want to speak for them, right? But I'm sure they yeah. would have, have a slightly different answer. You know, where I think it makes sense for, for you all, right, is being able to access any token and, and convert it into actually USDC on the preferred chain. So that way you can, you know, again, okay. do, do things cross chain and enable deposits from any asset into the preferred asset that you, that you have in mind. And what so that would then in turn look like is getting actually USDC and, and, you know, either on or off ramping it with us directly. Gotcha. So since we're actually using actually USDC as our native token, would we maybe not need squid then? It would actually be something we'd probably just build directly between our and your systems or. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Between our systems um, because it's actually USDC. Right. It's um, already capable today. What it would be with squid for you all in my mind is if you wanted to enable assets beyond actually USDC, so that yeah. it converts to actually USDC and then something that we can, you know, handle. Which a little bit of alpha that is actually being built right now just for there regular So now we're going to need to think how we can build that out for, for a, a Cato or an on-ramping process as well. But cool stuff. Timmy, so we- <laughs> it's, it's Cato, not Cato. Oh, did I? I don't know why. I think I heard, I think I... And I'm going to leave this those things where the first couple times I heard the name, it was Kato. So that's what stuck. It, yeah. My ESL training also keeps me going back to Kato, but I just like keep like muscling it in my brain. Kato. Yeah. And I'm going to leave this space thinking squid more than Kato now. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what squid is. But uh, question to Kato. Kato. I want to take us back to what th- threw up the most emoji previously which is the keyword validator and the friction that you guys removed for them and off-ramping and, uh, uh, and the alpha that you leaked. And I don't know the specifics of it, obviously. But I'm thinking about the Juno, which was also brought up, um, uh, and their recent announcement about a week ago at Cosmoverse. Or actually, uh, Jack Zemplin leaked it before uh, Cosmoverse uh, to... Uh, uh, Jay Cartnos <laughs> grin, but um, they released. Uh, they announced one of the things that they announced is the uh, DAO controlled validators, right? So, how would that your alpha affect your uh, alpha for validator service as we move into the? I mean, it's not immediate right now, obviously, but the tools are being worked on. But that's the direction. That's the future. And I, I kind of like the, the, the sounding of the Cato DAO, like focused USD cent- US, USDC centric or USDC denominated DAO service in Cosmos. Like that becomes the linchpin yeah. of DAO, uh, DAO uh, finance in some ways. Um, so how mm-hmm. does the validator alpha work and how could we move into the future of DAO controlled validators with the Cato service? Yeah, I think on the on the first part of his question, I actually have a similar one, just in that it, thinking about it right now, couldn't validators just already use your existing off-ramp services to remove that friction point? I'm kind of curious what you guys are doing as the extra step there that like makes it you know, even easier or that's specifically for validators, so to speak. Right. So I guess the first piece there is, um, you know, what entity or what person is off-ramping those, those assets, right? As you 
all know here, right? Like a validator is just software running on a, a server that, you know, is, is generating revenue and obviously protecting the network and, and everything else included. But, you know, the main thing there is that sometimes a validator is a business. You know, some people create, again, like you mentioned, Citizen DAO, and it, like DAOs for multiple validators. And, and, you know, having the ability to kind of roll up, you know, all of the revenue. And I think in that sense, um, you know, where, where it kind of comes down to is on like a personal preference, you know, are you like onboarding, offboarding as a business? Do you want to do that? If not, like, can you do it as a single individual? That's also fine. Um, but it really kind of comes down to just the, the basic setup, you know, you have as like a business or, or as a personnel for your validator solutions and offerings. And then from there, um, you know, really, again, excited about like the DAO tooling and being able to provide the on and off ramp services to DAOs directly as well, right? If you're, if you are a DAO and you run five validators and you sum up all that, those funds to your, to your DAO, it kind of, again, goes back to the, what I was mentioning before of, of, you know, are you a business as a DAO? Are you registered? Do you want to KYB that business and, and be, you know, on the books about it? Or are you just doing it as a personal uh, individual, you know, kind of thing, which again is, is totally possible today. So that's the big difference of what we, you know, we, we will offer is KYB, you know, know your business solutions so that your validator, if you are an entity, if you are a business um, and you do have, you know, multiple of them, that would be, you know, a little bit easier to streamline under one business than under one, one individual. And again, it all comes down to personal preference and, and the way you've set up, you know, your operations and it's one that we, you know, plan and intend to provide solutions for whichever way you do it. So the currently the ICF is the biggest found. So talking about the business model that you guys are trying to onboard to Kato. So if we're to use I, ICF model of the yesteryears of how Jay Kwan set that up as a five one c three Swiss Swiss left, Swiss style foundation, and if he had to do it again, which he, he can't because. Uh, the number two, uh, Bucky Ethan, is in control of that, so he's not going to do it. But if he, if Jay could do it, he said a couple of times that he would just make it into a DAO instead of a foundation outside. So that's a new business model. And and that when when he said that a few months ago, it just completely clicked, and I abandoned my about six month plan of creating a private foundation for education purposes on citizen, and. Started rolling my brain about a DAO model, right? So, like, I'm I'm done with the Web two, you know, corporation uh, business models or the foundation business model. I'm focused on Web three community centric DAO model, which is still a business of sort, but it's more of a social capitalism, right? I'm, I'm um, this kind of disclaimer. I'm more like tender. <laughs> tender to me here. I'm a secretly trying to hook things up on the back end with the region and uh, like DAO giving and all that stuff. Okay. And the game, game five, if you guys are interested, uh, uh, Rebecca at Saga is definitely the person to hit up for uh, that that route of um, uh, tricking people into doing the right things by <laughs> inciting them with the inter entertainment of game and pulling them into education. But going back to the ICF that that could become a DAO, which it won't. So the future is going to be ICF-like models into a business model of a DAO, and so and and I'm I'm one of those candidates with the citizen model, and that that I hope to do may, with maybe within six months, and so like the timing just seems right for this, right? So and Kate uh, Kato is just like so prime, especially with the USDC coming in. Uh, to kind of eliminate all these BS bureaucracies and all this kind of frictions that existed before. So 
like this is really a really exciting prospect for you guys and for all of us in 2023 the DAO business models within Cosmos. And I'm just thinking about my own, like Timmy, Timmy did with his own, like I'm thinking with my own application of how I could uh, kind of get this thing going with you guys as a, a, a specific case study, right? So like how would, how would I be able to use Kato service with Citizen uh, DAO Foundation or DAO entity to dis- uh, to distribute and empower Cosmonauts, right? That are doing the community work for the uh, public goods. Like, how does that distribution model is, they would work? Is what I'm just starting to think about, and so. I hope I yeah. hope to work with you guys in the future to develop that um, Web three business model. I love it. I love it. I think you're thinking all like along the right lines, and you know, thinking about the communities and just the impacts. Um, you know, that's that's what we're trying to foster and and grow. So, yes, you know, I, I hope. I hope. I hope Kado is a people's bank. That's what it <laughs> is. You know, we we kind of have started some of this. Uh, nomenclature for it but we're really trying to be the community community on-ramp right not you know like one of these you want on-ramps and and you know rent seeking and fee seeking you know we want to really deeply partner with ecosystems and, and businesses and protocols and dApps so that you know again it's it's less friction filled it's faster it's more secure all of that good stuff but um you know it, it starts with the people it starts with everybody on this call so you know, I think it's it's a longer, a much longer drawn out conversation to be had and something that we should probably follow up with offline. But um, let's let's definitely keep that combo going. I think Actually, just, um, just, we, just while we're going to dancing. Uh, or, sorry. Say, yep. Timmy, we, we do have another call in a few minutes here. So if you want to wrap it up in the next like five or so, that would be awesome. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking, thinking pretty similar. I guess real quick, last call then. If anyone has some questions you want to get at these guys, probably only have time for one, so request now. Um, what if I have a really quick one? Yeah, no, shoot. Uh, why Kato as a name? Is it related to the avocado in your name? <laughs> We've come full circle. I love it. This will be a great way to close out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the uh, translation in Japanese or uh, I guess a baby boy's name. What, it, what we heard is uh, Kato it stands for gateway. The other translation that uh, stands in, I think, both Dutch and French is gift. So it's the, it's the gift gateway. But uh, ultimately, the name you know, originated from using a VPN to buy some of our first crypto assets uh, that we were porting ourselves from you know, to, to Japan right, to make those purchases. So um, yeah, Kato, gateway, the gift gateway. I knew there had to be some lore to it. I love it. Right. More than just avocado backstories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Avocado toast. That's where it came from. Awesome. Okay. We'll, we'll wrap this up. Give you guys a little bit of breathing room before your next call. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. I think we got into a lot of good stuff today. Um, I think people are really going to love digging into this. Anyone who missed it will have the Terra Spaces recording, which is awesome. Shout out Terra Spaces as usual. Um, I'll definitely be in contact with you guys offline about um, possibly doing some integrations together. And then other than that, I think you guys are in a pretty, pretty cool growing position where like a lot's happening and you're expanding quickly. So I'd love to get you back on a space like this, you know, a month down the road or something, maybe around the time you have a big feature release or whatever, you guys can let me know what might make sense. But 
definitely want to keep up with your guys' progress and um, yeah, follow you through to this sort of new new vision of interacting with Web3 assets, which is almost undeniably the route to go. I think the last thing I want to do is shout you guys out for some of the ways you've set up your site. Like even when you're just picking which network you want to on-ramp onto, there's a little something at the bottom. I'm not looking at it right now, so I'm not sure the exact wording, but like uh, not sure which network you want or not sure what a blockchain network even is. Click here to learn more. I think far too often for some of the more like niche, heavily Web3, I don't know if niche is the right word, but like most of the people who know about you are cosmonauts and people who already know about blockchains and stuff. So I think some projects tend to forget to like cater towards more Web3 naive and ignorant people. Um, And I just wanted to shout you guys out for including those types of things, because in your specific position as an on-ramp, I think the more we can make new people coming in feel less overwhelmed, the more easy access we can give them to information, especially on a direct on-ramp, the better. So I just saw a couple of those things on your site and wanted to shout you guys out for it. I would say even try and build out that side of your service even more, just make it so you don't have to be someone who is already super familiar with Cosmos or or any of the other networks you support to be able to go on your, your site and easily navigate and figure out what they want to do. Um, but yeah, I think that was my last closing thought. We don't have anyone else requesting to come up. So I guess I'll just thank you guys again. This has been awesome. And uh, we'll definitely have to do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for making the time. I really appreciate you setting this up. It's uh, always really good to get uh, you know more more folks involved and um, bring, bring the whole uh, you know Cosmos space up. So shout out to you for making that happen to me. Um, look forward to the next call. Sweet. Well, thank you to Crypto, Citizen, Sefi for popping up and engaging in the combo. Thank you guys for taking the time out of your day and for everyone else for listening. This has been awesome. And um, we'll, we'll catch you on the next one. Everybody have a great rest of their day. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmos Spaces having a Cosmos on Ramps chat with Kato Money. Hosted by Tendermint Timmy. Recorded on Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fatal man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Danny
vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion Vision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how All the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze Trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces